Welcome to Women of Fortitude with Rondi Jane and Kelty. The definition of fortitude is courage in pain or adversity. We created this platform so that women can share their stories in hopes that we can inspire other women. And to remind women that every woman is a woman of fortitude. Welcome to Women of Fortitude with Rondi Jane and Kelty. Thank you for joining us again. Today we're going to start with our spiritual nuggets. If y'all haven't noticed this about me yet, my spiritual nuggets usually come from the lyrics of a song. <laughs> and it's usually a hymn. And this week it's no different. Sunday morning we were sitting in church and the song that they sang was Jesus is all the world to me. And it talks about Jesus is the world to me, my life, my joy, my all, my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. When I am sad, I go to him. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. And I loved that. I thought, he is. He is our friend. And Rondi's my person. When something's crazy in my life or whatever, I, I call her. And... We always have that with Jesus. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on. He knows. He's there. He's listening. It's never too little for him or too big. So, but then the scripture for the children's sermon was Proverbs 18, 24. And it says, Oh, who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I thought, oh, wow, it all just kind of goes together. Mm-hmm. It was not planned. It's just, you know, that's how God works. It always goes <laughs> together. Here's the wild part. My spiritual nugget is about friendship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was reading in my Bible study this week from Exodus. And Exodus seventeen twelve says, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and her held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And uh, my thoughts from that were, we were not created to be alone. And this is a prime example of why. We need friends to hold us up when we're just not capable. Sometimes that strength you need to get through just get through a day it comes from a friend breathing words of encouragement over you in the same way though we are called to be those friends a lot of times you know we want that friendship yes. especially when we're going through hard times but we also have to be that we have to look at our friends and find ways to hold them up through their trials of yes. life and so i think actually our guest on this episode goes along with that too. She was a really good friend to me in some hard times and I tried to be that for her as well. Today we have a very special guest with us. She is just a ray of sunshine. Her name is Miss Chelsea Alsup. She is a Pine Grove native. She is about to finish up her journey to become a teacher. She's Woo! doing her practice teaching this <laughs> yes. year. But she's worked at Pine Grove as an assistant for how many years now? This is my fifth year. Fifth year. Fifth year. Mm -hmm. She is. This is definitely her God calling. She is amazing with the kids of all ages. Chelsea is just amazing. 
Before I turn it over to Chelsea though, I have a little God moment I want to share with you that God used Chelsea in my life in a very special way. I was going through a very, very difficult time and it was one of those, I actually, on my spiritual nuggets, I shared a few weeks ago about how we can be specific in our prayers. Well, one certain morning, I was so tired and worn out just from life and all these decisions. I didn't know what to do, and I cried out to God. I said, God, I am so tired right now. Do not give me a metaphor. Do not make it vague. I need to see some clear writing on the wall. Like, let me know what I need to do right now. And so I finished getting ready, went to school, and Miss Chelsea comes up and is like, Hey, it's Rodney. <laughs> I got you so I, I got you just this little happy. I'm like, oh, okay, well thank you. So she gave me this note. I'm just going to read a little bit, not word for word. It says, You are simply an amazing human. <laughs> Even saying that is an understatement. Your strength, patience, and loving heart shine so brightly, especially for your family and school babies. And then she talks about the kind of mother I am, <laughs> and which I loved, and my favorite one, because of you, Braden has someone to cheer for him loudly across the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and because of you, I made it through some of the darkest days, and so did my Sawyer. You'll never know how much we both needed you. You never failed to encourage my mama heart, and that's what I plan to do for you in return. I hope this little happy gives your heart some encouragement. It's not much, but when I saw it, I thought of you. You're all prayed up. Much love. Chelsea, Psalm 46:10. And what she got me was a bracelet. I don't know about this. <laughs> it was a bracelet and it said, Be still. <laughs> And it, yes, and it was, uh, <laughs> I think it had a, a Morse, it Morse code. code yeah. Morse code, Be still. And. I just, just in that moment, I knew that's what God was telling me. Just be still. So that was that's amazing. That's so crazy because you never told me that till now. So, oh, I so I'm I'll glad that God used me to make it clear. It might not have been on the wall. It was on paper. But <laughs> on my wrist. It's on your wrist, yeah. yeah. And I wore that the rest of the year. I wore it every single day. And every single day I thought... Okay, this is what God told me through Chelsea. Wow. So, yes. Well, I probably couldn't days. tell you because... Right, right. Like, it was a crazy year. Was, yes, and like, because I probably couldn't get the words out without just blubbering all over you. So, <laughs> yes. So, that is Chelsea's heart. And she has said her spiritual gift is giving, giving mm -hmm. and giving gifts like that. Yes. And I believe it. I Amen. love it. I love it. That's my heart. I I'm so thankful God gave me that gift, too, because not many people have it. No. They don't, they don't possess that gift, I don't think. Uh -huh. so it's, You're right. I'm, I'm just thankful. I like, it. I have to work at it. I have to pray for it. You yeah. know, like, yeah. what, what do I need to give God? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah. All right. So, this is Miss Chelsea. That's hey. just a small part of her story already. And I'm already crying. <laughs> Here we go. So, I'm Chelsea also. Um, like Rondi said, I'm finishing up. My teaching degree. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm married. I have a little boy named Sawyer, and I'm fixing to celebrate my 13th wedding anniversary. Yeah, so, congratulations! So excited. It's so many exciting things are coming, and it's mm -hmm. great. Growing up, I never went to church. 
Um, my parents divorced when I was five. My dad was not a really nice man. Now my stepdad, he's phenomenal, so he came into my life. Never went to VBS growing up, never went to church camp. So like, I missed out on like all of that. So I think, I guess it was around the age of 14. I was really just, I came to a place where I was angry. I was just like, it was just, I don't know, pouring out of me. There's all this anger. And I had a boyfriend at the time, air quotes, <laughs> boyfriend at the time. And so, during this time, he actually asked me a question that stopped me in my tracks was, are you saved? And I was like, like, it, like I just stopped. My, everything just, my world just stopped spinning in that moment. And I'd been in church a couple times, so I knew what being saved meant. And so, I was like, no, I'm not saved. And so, we got down the floor, and we called his, his parents, and... This is not something that I, it sounds so crazy now that I'm older, but it was just me and him at my house, like no parents or anything mm. at 13, 14 years old. Mm. We get down the floor and like he calls his dad and his dad, you know, this is still like, you know, mm. landline. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, can't put it on speakerphone or anything. So we're like both up against it, trying to listen to what he's saying. And he's leading us or leading that guy into leading me into coming to know the Lord as my personal Lord and Savior. And so, got down the floor, and we just, we prayed. I mean, it was like the weight of the world just fell off of me. And I was so young and naive that I was, I was scared to tell anybody because I didn't know that this was, like, this happened. You know, I didn't know that this, this was a thing, you know. I mean, I knew what being saved me. I just didn't know that it happened like that. Yeah. And so... I never had anybody to just continually pour themselves into me. So I just fell off the path and broke up with that guy and got with another guy. I dated the same guy all the way through high school. I was just a kid who was a walking disaster pretty much. I was just ready. I was killing myself is basically what it was, long story short. So then I feel like my life just happened so fast. Mm -hmm. So... At the age of 19, I met my husband, and <laughs> that's a story in itself, but he was one that just, just, he was, he's truly who God sent for me, because he never gave up on me. I mean, even from the, the moment I met him, I met him at Walmart, I was the cashier at Walmart, and so he comes to my lawn, and I tell him, I'm like, hey, how are you today, you know, all the stuff, and he's like, Good. Well, that must have, you know, triggered something because he fell in love instantly. <laughs> really. And then after that, he started coming in there like every single day to, to talk to me. And I was like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do with this guy. So I would, like, hide in the bathroom <laughs> away from this guy. And, anyway, I ended up marrying him. But that's <laughs> crazy, right? Stalker. And then now he's my husband. Even then, like, he just, he never gave up on me. And so, from somebody who never went to church before, we we were not equally yoked immediately. I knew it. he was saved, or I didn't know. You know, I thought in the back of my mind, hey, I'm saved. You know, but I wasn't walking it. I wasn't living it. You know, I had it in my head. I didn't have it in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so, Matt just, he never gave up on me. He just, every time he mentioned church, he went to church every Sunday. And I, I didn't. I was like, no, I'm not going to go. And so, I mean... You know, again, I had it in the back of my mind. I'm saved. I ain't no big deal. 
but it wasn't. And then, um, so we got married, and it was just like rocky. Our, our lives just happened so fast. We got married. Five months later, we found out we were pregnant. I had a miscarriage. That shattered me. And, like, I hadn't prayed, and I couldn't tell you how long. And I remember being by myself in the living room. And he was in the bedroom asleep because he worked, and I was still working at Walmart, so my hours were crazy. But I just remember praying, like, God, please let this baby be okay. Even though I knew in the back of my mind, but it was like immediate peace, like, rolled from the top of my head all the way to the bottom of my feet. And I just remember looking at each other. I just remember saying, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. No matter what, I'm okay. So that wrecked us, and then, you know, went through the whole DNC, and then, you know, our lives still weren't, you know, solid just because he worked out of town so much, and I was home all the time. We were basically strangers that were married. He went to Toyota, and we had bought a house, and it's kind of like our lives kind of slowed down a little bit, and then we decided to start trying again, trying to have another baby, and so... I got pregnant two years later. I went through like tons of tests. I, we had such a hard time getting pregnant with Ledger. We couldn't figure out why. Like, why Why was it so easy the first time and it was so hard the second time? Went through all the tests. The last test that they did, my OBGYN told me, she said, you're not ovulating anymore. She said, so let's start, you know, doing all these progesterone, you know, all these fertility treatments. And I was only 23 at the time and I was like, no, let's not do that. Like, I'm still a little bit young. Like, let me, you know, let me just enjoy being married. The next month I found out I was pregnant. Uh. Yeah, so we found out later we were pregnant. And then um, we got up to 20 weeks. And I found out on a Monday we were having a little boy. And that was so exciting. Like, first boy on both sides of the family. And then that Wednesday I woke up and my back was hurting. So I was like, well, that's weird, you know. I mean, but I was 20 weeks, so I was thinking, okay, nothing's wrong. Well, there was something wrong. I immediately started, like, having issues and problems, and Thursday night, I went to the Tupelo Women's Center, and they went to do a pelvic exam, and there was, they, they couldn't, just because my water had completely protruded. Like, it, there was nothing I could do at that time. So, they put me in the hospital and did what's called a head down, but I know you know everything yeah. that I'm saying. No. I don't know if you know. That's why I had to try to kind of be, you know. Um, but, yeah. I'm an ER nurse, not an OB nurse. Okay, well, I'm sure you've heard of it. So, basically what that is, your head is, like, they have you in a bed that's diagonal with your legs up and your head down because they want gravity to push it back, okay, you know, okay. take its course, and it didn't work, obviously. And so, they just, I mean, during this time, too, they're doing all the evaluations, you know, making sure baby's okay, like, what do we need to do, which there is nothing they can do at this time because it's just too early. There's nothing they could do. But we found out during this time that he had a heart defect, and it was, like, severe. He wasn't going to live anyway. So I just remember, this was on a Saturday morning, we knew that at any moment we were going to have a baby. We just didn't know when. We knew it was going to be today, but we just didn't know when. So, <laughs> I just remember praying in there because they don't they don't let a lot of family in, in those rooms. And, and I'm glad because it was just me and my husband and my nurses and my doctor and 
I just remember telling my doctor, I was like, please don't think I'm a bad person, but I do not want him to be born alive. I do not want him to be born alive. Because in my mind, I was thinking he was going to suffer. I was thinking he can't take a breath. He's going to suffer. Like, he's going to just die of no oxygen. And I guess that's basically what happens. But 23 at the time, I was still a baby. I don't know anything about this. I didn't have no time to research. I mean, Wednesday hit, Thursday, my world came crashing down. And everything else is just, like, super fast. And then Saturday morning comes. We know we're having a baby. We just don't know when. And they were just waiting on my water to break at that point. And it did. And my doctor, God love her, she's so amazing. She had just gone home, came rushing back, delivered him. And they give you that medicine. I'm not real sure what it is, but I always say it's, like, an I don't care shot. (laughs) (laughs) You said, like, you can cut my head off and I wouldn't care. But they just gave me enough to kind of keep me relaxed and not zoned out. And so I remember, and I can still hear it to this day, like I'm going in and out and, you know, my baby's being born and I hear Matt, and and it still echoes in my head. I hear Matt say, he's here. And I look up and Matt's holding our baby. And it's, it's just like the most peaceful thing in the world. My, my doctor climbs up on the left side of me in the bed. Matt's on the right side of me. I'm holding my this beautiful little 9.6 ounce little boy. And I'm counting fingers. I'm counting toes. Um, I'm just, ro- he has hair. I'm like rubbing his hair. And I, I know I could just ramble on and on about life at this stage. But he's, he's perfect. I mean, he's tiny, but he's so perfect. And... I mean, I'm just, he's, like I said, it's just perfect in everything in this room. And my husband's crying and my daughter's crying and I'm not because I'm just, people may think it was the medicine, but there's no doubt in my mind that God was not in that room ready to take my baby home. And so, um, we lied <laughs> to the doctors and nurses and I told them that Lindsay Sism, who, or Lindsay Parks now, who is our receptionist at school, my best friend, um, she stayed with me in the hospital every single day. They slept out in the waiting room and everything. And um, they wouldn't let them come back there. So we lied and said that she was my sister. <laughs> <laughs> because I did, I wanted her to be able to see him. And so she came in and she's holding him. And I just reached over. Like, she's bawling. And again, like, I just have this peace. Like, it's just peaceful to me. And I reach over and I touch her and I say, he's okay. And like, she just loses it. And she's like, why are you not crying? I'm like, because I know where he's at. I know he's okay. And so, you know, of course, like, I'm okay until we go home. And then, you know, everybody else's world keeps going and mine doesn't. And so, this is, this happened in September. September 21st will be the 10-year anniversary of his passing. So, we go home and, you know, we have our funeral and stuff. And, I really feel like I have PTSD from mm-hmm. from this, and and I didn't know that that was necessarily a real thing. I always thought that was something just our military went through. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like actual real life, well not real life, but like everyday humans go mm-hmm. through it. And so after I lost Ledger, my my world just I was I was bound and determined. Like okay, it took me forever to get pregnant, two years to get pregnant with Ledger. I can't wait that long. Let's jump right back in. Is that the smartest thing to do? No. Is that what I did? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let your body heal. Let your mind heal. Grieve. And then move on. 
But three months later, I found out I was pregnant with Sawyer. And so, of course, I'm terrified. I'm talking about terrified. Everything in my mind, he's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. Twelve weeks, you know, we take all the precautions. We have a saclage put in because my cervix is just gone. And so, 18 weeks, I go on full bed rest. I could only get up to go to the bathroom and take a five-minute shower, and it had to be timed, and then I had to go lay back down. We start celebrating 24 weeks. We have a chance at survival. 26 weeks, we have a higher chance of survival. Mm -hmm. 28 weeks was our goal, and I had exactly 28 weeks. Mm -hmm. And so this this little boy is just phenomenal. And I have to tell about God's goodness through him, too, because... When he when we found out, we went in a week early because I started having contractions. And so, that week I was miserable. <laughs> Laying in a hospital bed is miserable. Mm-hmm. And so, I was just hurting. I couldn't get up and walk. It was just, ugh, I was praying, God, I'm just ready to take this baby. If I could go back, I would have laid there even longer. But at the time, I was just so putting myself first, pretty much. And so, he's born in... Before they're before he's born, like the NICU comes down, they talk to you and they tell you everything that that you know you have to or what to expect, pretty much. And so, Doctor Darling, <laughs> coming in and he that's his name, and he's like explaining everything. And he said, you know, he's not going to be born crying. His lungs are going to be too small. He's not going to be born breathing on his own. His lungs are too small. Basically, just don't expect too much because it's just going to be a whirlwind. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, but when he was born, he sounded like a kitten. He was crying. Oh. Yeah. So they said he wouldn't, and he was. And then um, they told me I wouldn't see him because he wouldn't be breathing on his own, so they would immediately, you know, just rush him off. And he was breathing enough on his own that I got to look at him. They brought him over to me. I looked at him. I kissed him, and then they took him on. So, like, you, that's God right there. That mm-hmm. was God because, I mean, he knew that I needed that peace. And mm-hmm. so... Anyway, that happened in, Sawyer was born 12 weeks early in June. All these dates are so crazy. Well, we didn't come home until August the 15th or August the 12th or 15th, somewhere in there. And so I'm sitting there with this brand new baby at home. This is September 11th. I'll never forget it. I'm sitting there. I'm rocking this beautiful baby. I'm watching everything that went down on September 11th on TV. And all of a sudden, I just get this wave of anxiety, like panic, sheer panic comes over me. And I don't know where it came from. Like, like my mind starts going, like, I'm watching these people jump out of buildings, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, were they saved? Like, that's where my mind was going. And and I'm sitting here holding this brand-new baby, and, and, like, my world is falling apart. Like, I, like, by the time Matt got home that afternoon, I was in just shambles. Like, could not function. Crying, just... it awful and so I didn't I wouldn't let anybody help me with Sawyer because I was too proud too prideful and I was terrified that he was gonna die so I but I would not let anybody touch him I wouldn't let anybody hold him except me and Matt. that's it Matt worked night shifts then so I was basically by myself all the time and it like this just built up over time like, I just kept thinking like Chelsea if you die you're gonna go to hell and just all of this stuff just like, and then Ledger's anniversary is like hitting, and then, you know, I'm under attack. I'm under Mm -hmm. severe spiritual attack, and I didn't know that at the time, but I was terrified. I mean, terrified. I would walk up and down in my hallway with my Bible, and I hadn't opened my Bible in years, 
just and I was like Psalms like that's the only thing I could think of was like okay I know the book of Psalms so I was like just walking up and down my hallway like screaming Psalms because I was so terrified and I, I, don't, I don't know what I was terrified of I was but I was terrified like Miss Michelle Bellevue I know y'all had her on the podcast mm-hmm. and she's such a phenomenal woman and I love her so much I would call her and she would drive to my house in the middle of the night to sit with me mm. because I was terrified. I couldn't go to sleep. I mean, I had this brand new baby that I was terrified something was going to happen to. I was going to die and go to hell. I mean, this is everything that's hit me. Mm-hmm. And so this went on for a few weeks and she invited me to her church and they were having a women's conference that day. And she was like, come on. At first I was like, no. And and she was like, yeah, just come. And so I did. And so I'm sitting there, and these women are praying for each other. And they're at the altar, and they're just, like, worshiping. And I've never seen that. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, sometimes us Baptists, you know. <laughs> you know, we get a little dry, you know. <laughs> and and scared. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she, like, I'm watching these women pray for each other at the altar like I've already like I've sat here the whole day in this little chair and I mean terrified like sheer terror is just like eating me alive and I'm watching these women down there at the altar just praying over each other laying hands and I mean I just kept thinking in my mind like I want that I want somebody to do this for me I want I need that and Miss Michelle came and she sat beside me she was working in the booth the sound booth at that time and where this courage came from can only be God because I never would have done it. But she sat beside me. She didn't ask me anything. She didn't say anything. And I said, let's go to the altar. And she said, okay. She grabbed my hand. I didn't even make it to the altar. Like, I mean, I lost it. And this lady came over there and started praying for us. And everything that she was saying was like everything that I just, I couldn't. And I just, all I could say in my head as I was screaming out to God was, you know my heart. Just know my heart. Just know my heart. Just know my heart. And, and he did. And it was like, the weight of the world just fell off of me again. It was like the second time I felt it. And so, I remember going home that day, driving home, and I just remember telling God, I was like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Like, if, if I die right now on the way home, driving in this car, I know I'm going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so, it was, it was just the most beautiful thing. Now, time went on. The world happened. I still lived in that fear for many years that, you know, I'm not saved. Am I saved? Am I not saved? And it happened at the same time every single year. And it's September is when it starts. And so I've come to learn through anxiety and depression because I'm now medicated. And there's nothing wrong with that because I told myself for many years that God was going to fix it. And sometimes he does with medicine. So there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. If anybody's listening and you feel... Like, you need to be on medicine and you're scared. Do not. Go get help. Do not be me. (laughs) But every, like I said, every year I just, it it would hit me like a wave. And and Matt, my husband, who's phenomenal, would just, he would be like, he, I mean, this has happened so many times. He's like, oh gosh, it's September again, you know, (laughs) because he knows how bad it gets. But, Mm -hmm. but since I've been medicated, like it's, it's just peaceful now. And it's because of God. It's mm-hmm. because of God pushing me to that point where he knew I needed some more help. And so, mm-hmm. that's my story. And mm-hmm. I love it. And, and it's just, like I said, it, it, and okay, so 
one time I remember this is when I was pregnant with Sawyer. I was sitting in my garage and all of this like happened. At 19, I had a stroke and lost vision in my left eye. And then, I didn't even know that. Really? Like, I've heard you talk about, yeah. I'm blind in this eye, but I never really, I always make a joke. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's always just, like, lighthearted yeah. and joke, yeah. so I, I did not know that. Yes, so I, when I was 19, I woke up one morning, and I could not see out of my eye, and I was like, oh, I scratched it, and went to an op, uh, optometrist. They looked at it, he was like, oh, something wrong. Sent me to an ophthalmologist. They put me in the hospital three days, ran tests, sent me to a neuro-ophthalmologist. It took two years to finally figure out that I had a blood clotting disorder. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And that ties into why it's hard for me to carry, too, because anytime my hormone levels are raised, which is pregnancy, mm-hmm. I can clot, or I have a higher risk of clotting. And so that's another reason, one of the reasons why we chose to not pursue any more children, just because of how dangerous it was. And but yeah, that's kind of why, okay. you know, I can't have any more babies. That, along with all the other millions of things. Twenty yeah. and twenty, I got married, had a miscarriage. Twenty-two, finally figured out why I, you know, went blind because I have a blood clotting disorder. Twenty-three, I have Sawyer. I mean, this is a lot of stuff that happens in such a short period of time. Yeah. And I remember sitting in my car in the garage. It was not on. <laughs> Let me make that very clear. The door was up, too. And I was on the phone with my mama. Because, again, Matt worked night shift. So, you know, we didn't see each other ever. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I was on the phone with my mama. And I was talking to her. And I was just bawling. And I said, I don't know what I've done to God mm-hmm. to make him punish me like this what did I do so bad and it's that comes from spiritual immaturity because Mm -hmm. none of us are righteous none of us are free from this nothing and at that time I couldn't see it I just felt like it was attack after attack like what did I do to God for him to punish me yeah but I look back now and I'm it may have tore me to pieces but it was the best thing God ever did for me because it brought me to him face to face with him Mm mm-hmm and so I just now I can see it and yeah. and so I would do it over a million times even though I know what's coming I would do it over a million times because it brought me face to face with our creator our father I love hearing someone can say I went through this horrible thing but God saw me through it and yes. well it took it, a long time for me to realize it didn't yes. happen overnight exactly so. yes but God he knows how to get you through it. It's yeah. a process. He knows it's a process and he worked with you over yeah. that time. So you did mention like you didn't grow up in church. Mm-hmm. With you becoming saved, did that change your family's relationship mm-hmm. with yes. church? And mm-hmm. Once I started getting in church, this was before, you know, I got actually saved. My mother started coming and then um, she got saved. Oh. Yeah, and then my grandmother started going to church, and then my aunt rededicated her life. So it was like this big family ordeal. Yeah. And okay, Miss Chelsea, are you ready for the rapid fire question? I hope so. Yeah. If you could go back and give your teenage self advice, what would it be? I would say you are not defined by where you're at in that moment as a teenager. 
keep pursuing, keep pushing, and come to find Jesus sooner, mm-hmm. so you can love Him longer. Like, why can't, oh, that makes, that's what's so frustrating about teenagers, and I remember when I was there, too, mm-hmm. you can't see past Friday nights. Yes, Friday nights. <laughs> exactly, yes. You don't think yes. about, in five years from now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in this high school bubble with all yes. this drama. Mm-hmm. This is not my forever life. And I thought it was. Right. And I look back, and I'm like, who is that girl? Like, she, yeah. she don't exist. Well, she does, but we have to kill her every single day. Because <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't going back. <laughs> right. Right. That's a good one. All right. What is the most interesting thing in your wallet or purse? Okay. So, I don't really carry a wallet or a purse. Well, I carry a wallet, but not a purse. But So, I went, I like dug in the back of my vehicle. I was like, what is in this purse? Nail glue. <laughs> Okay. But here's the thing. I get my nails professionally done. Yeah. But my toenails are fake. And I won't get them done at, at, a, at a nail salon because I pick at them. And it's, it's so I'm, I'm scared what they're going to say. So I just put on fake nail, fake toenails all the time. Okay. So <laughs> you see my toenails, they're fake. If you had the choice to go back in time or forward in time, which would you choose? Okay. So... I look forward to the day, not that I'm pushing my baby out the door, by no means, he can live with me forever, but I truly look forward to the day that Matt and I, or just Matt and I, you know, me and Matt, I just, I look forward to that day, but I would love to go back and just redo some things over Mm -hmm. and just, just tell that girl, hey, you don't have to fit into this. You were not meant to fit into this role. You were meant to stand out. If your life were made into a movie, which actress would play you? Melissa McCartney. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's just hilarious. Yes. Yes. And she's so funny and she's so bubbly and she doesn't fit into what Hollywood sees as like a perfect body or anything. She's just herself. And I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where was your last selfie taken? It was taken in my son's bathroom. Oh. His lighting is better than mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. His lighting is better than mine. All right. Well, we thank our listeners for tuning in again. Come back next time for some more real stories from real women serving a real God. Today's episode is sponsored by Massage by Kelty. Kelty Childs is a licensed massage therapist, number 1511. Special thanks to our editor and producer, Daniel Rogers, and thanks to our musician, Brantley Rogers. If you love our podcast, like and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Women of Fortitude. Thank you.